Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Jake, what are you drinking this week? I'm going to start us off with uh, the imminent return of Lord Doomsickle, uh, which is Drecker Brewing in a collaboration with Kushwa Brewing. Uh, it's a blood orange float sour. That sounds good. I hope it is. I like citrus in my beers. I really like wheat beers with citrus in particular. Same. Um, but just citrus in, in a beverage of choice is, is fun for me. Speaking of citrus in a beer, I am going to go with Knee Deep Brewing Company's Puckered Keister Key Lime Pie Sour. That'll pucker your keister. Kind of a cool little can on this one, too. Nice. The Mad Scientist Pie Vibes. I like it. I like it. Well, Kyle, you got to give us our fun fact of the week. So what is that this week? I do fun fucking lame facts this week. The one that I was I really got. struggling to find a fun fact, guys. I want you to know that. I was. It took me a whole two and a half minutes or so. Um, here you go, Jake. What are the only two natural fears that you are born with? Um, fear of death and fear of water. Neither of those are true. The only two that you are born with, apparently, according to this maybe not credible source, um, is the fear of falling and the sense. fear of loud sounds. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's the only two. Everything else is learned or acquired later and throughout your life. I believe that. I, I don't know. I don't know if I do. How can you prove that like babies are afraid of falling? Because you can probably do like babies will do anything to not fall that they can anyway. They can't, they have no ability to catch themselves. Like if you just dropped on they would just fucking well, you could, on the ground, right? You like, could probably do analysis of like the fear centers of the brain, like what brain activity gets given off. Do you think off they're really just like dropping kids out of the air with like fucking probes on their brain? I don't think so. I don't I'm, gonna, I'm just I'm, gonna, I'm just having some doubts. I'm going to look into that because now I'm curious and I need to know if that's real. I have doubts. Well, you can uh, spell your doubts by starting us off with the beautiful first topic this week. Yeah, I've got a couple that are both related to the same genre of things. Category. Category is probably a better way to put it. Yeah. So those are my two topics. They will be in the same uh, category. Uh, the first one is I want to talk about the double standard right now for AAA titles and video games. So um, something that's bugged me a lot recently is and, and I'll start off by saying and I've had this conversation before on the podcast. So you can go back in the episode and really watch it if you really want to. But I uh, I don't like microtransactions. Yep. However, I do understand if you look at it from any other lens other than just pure profit and greed, I understand that there are reasons why companies need to continue profiting from a game, right? And and the biggest reason probably outside of pure profit is they're still paying developers to maintain those games, right? Like yep. so if you want new content for whatever the game is that you're playing and you want that content to continue to build, they have to have some sort of a revenue beyond the the base price of a video game. So like if you think back to at least when we were growing up, uh, and really probably, I would say anybody that listens to this podcast probably fits the same definition that I'm going to talk about here. But like, you'd go buy your Nintendo 64 game or your GameCube, PlayStation, whatever. It doesn't matter. You buy any of those games, you play, you pay the flat price, 50, 60 bucks, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on where we've been. And you, you, you spend that money up front to get the content of the game. When you have played through that content, the game is over. There is no other content. You are done. They are yep. never going to add anything else to that. It is on the disc. That's not even possible, right? Like there or cartridge or whatever it is. And so 
there was a justifiable flat fee for a flat package of content that you're going to get. Right. And so now um, people are because of the advent of digital gaming. Right. And you have the, the ability as a developer to continue to update, to fix problems, um, to release new content as the game is out, things like that. You have to continue to get a revenue stream. So I understand it from that point. Um, but here is my, my problem is, is that people are going to complain about things like microtransactions and not acknowledge that, which to be fair, I don't think I really talked about that in the last episode that we talked about this. But also my bigger problem is people complain nonstop about the price of a AAA title for what they're getting. They're like, how is this worth 70 bucks? How are you charging? You know, like people are constantly right. complaining about that all over the web. And then at the same time, those people are going on forums and bitching that a AAA title isn't releasing enough content for them. Yep. And I, I say this specifically related because I've seen it a ton now for Diablo 4. Diablo 4 came out, AAA title gets released, and people are expressing frustrations all over specifically things like Reddit and like probably Twitter and shit too. I don't know, but about how they're frustrated that they've hit the end game and there's just nothing else to do. But then I've seen people complaining about, oh, there's a $15 skin on this game or there's yep. a, this or what, you know, like whatever it might be, the season pass. I don't know if that was season, whatever it is. It's just, and it, it's starting to frustrate the shit out of me that people are holding this double standard for all of these game developers because it, at the end of the day, like you, you have to pick what you want, right? You either need to be willing to invest in the long-term support of a game if you want to play that game over the long-term, or you need to be tolerant of the fact that there isn't going to be constant content releases for that game. And part of people's frustrations is probably the fact that if you're playing a game and you've never contributed an additional dollar to microtransactions or whatever it might be, but the inflow of content is still there, and so you've, you've come to expect it, but it's actually because of the fact that other players are not like you and they are buying those skins. They are upgrading right. maps. They are paying for battle passes. So they are literally funding you to get that additional content. Um, and so I don't, I personally don't pay for skins or I've paid for a couple battle passes over the course of my, however many years I've been gaming, very few. Um, and so, but it's a justifiable expense at that point. Like I, I recognize, I really like this game. I really like the content they're coming out with. I'm continuing to play this game. I've, I beat the six hour story, but I've put like, 500 hours into this game right like right. somebody's paying for that content to continue to get developed so um that is my rant i guess i would say about this but then i was looking for your thoughts as well because um i would say i've seen this quite a bit recently with the triple a titles yeah no it's always been I, i've kind i think i almost made like a very similar devil's advocate argument to you one it, well, it may not have been on the podcast but it may have been one of the times we were talking about it because i'm one of the consumers <clears throat> that like if i like it like with counter-strike like i made money off of counter-strike skins that's i made a pretty good amount of money mm -hmm. like buy like gambling for skins basically and, and then selling them for profit and i'll buy skins you know if i see something cool that i like or i think like you know some games release like pay to win skins where it's like you almost need it to be a little bit competitive that um, i completely disagree with it, it shouldn't be a thing but it is um and i don't want to be disadvantaged so I'll, I'll you know throw a little money at it i like throwing money at things i like i don't have a problem with that but you make a really good point and it's like there's only one way to continue to be able to fund the salaries of the hundreds of people in most scenarios that will continually be doing something for the game yeah like the only game i can really think of that doesn't have a ton that almost in fact might have no 
microtransactions, and it isn't even technically a AAA title, but some people may consider it like a premium game right now, would be like Escape from Tarkov. Like they have continued, and you know, you can kind of get away with that when saying your game is in beta. I was gonna, like, that's exactly the point I was gonna make, yeah. And they're kind of constantly releasing stuff for the games, but then you have the contrast of people like Call of Duty, who are Activision Blizzard, when they release a game like Call of Duty, the most recent one, where let's be honest, that game was in beta when it got released. And they yep. just, they were like, we're not going to wait. We're just going to charge you 60 bucks for it. And then we'll, we'll add to it as we go. And yep. I think the consumer market has kind of fueled that chicanery a little bit of like forcing people to just accept that they're not getting a complete game, but it's okay. Cause we're going to give you all of this content over the lifespan of the game, which kind of like forces the need for those microtransactions because let's face it, you make a pretty darn good salary if you're doing you know, video design and graphic design and coding games, like you're making a really good living. And the only way that can continue to happen is if these companies continue to be successful with the games. So it kind of becomes a never ending snowball for them where, okay, they paid these people a lot of money to come work for them. They want to produce good games. So the only way that they can continue to fund that is off of these microtransactions by con like continually releasing content. And it's not even just the the employees, right? Like it's the facilities, it's the yep. energy costs, it's all the infrastructure, everything that goes into this. There is an upfront cost in the numbers of millions to produce these AAA titles. And then people expect that the retail cost of a game is going to cover all of the expenses of that plus content. Like it's just not going to happen. There's never yeah. been a game that was so profitable because they were able to, well, this is, I can't speak in, you know, um, totality here uh, because I don't know this for a complete fact, but I would imagine there aren't very many games that have been produced with such a great profit margin that they could continue to produce content at a justifiable expense without charging you for something else. Yeah. Um, and this is the reason, right? Like you go all the way back to probably Xbox, PlayStation 2 era, and games like Call of Duty and uh, Halo were charging for map packs because yep. they started to do the Xbox Live, like PlayStation Live, like those, those big fucking pushes for online gaming were happening at that time via consoles specifically. Um, <clears throat> and because of that, you had uh, the developers that were able to continue to release that content and develop that content and pay to keep those games going because people were paying for the additional content. Right. So like, right. This isn't a new concept. And, and the interesting thing, frankly, is that um, you haven't seen, I'm so glad for this and I don't know how it's been prevented, but I'm, you know, you don't see PC game developers, putting that cost to the PC players because yep. there's no cost upfront like Xbox Live or PlayStation Live. You don't have that cost. You just have to pay for your internet, right? As opposed to like a console where you're paying for internet plus you're playing for the live subscription in order to get on and play with your friends. And so um, it's actually interesting because the same developers are creating these PC games, right? They're just putting it, releasing it to Windows as well. Right. So it's actually kind of interesting that a lot of the cost um is probably getting reflected to the console users, but at the same time, it's Microsoft that's profiting, not like EA right. off of those subscriptions. But uh, so that's kind of a moot point, I guess. But the long story short of this is, is like, I, I I'm getting a little bit sick of seeing the complaints um, from some of the same people that are making the um, the argument that they don't like microtransactions and stuff like that, or they're just they're they're very what's up, Devin, uh, or they're very complainy complaining they they complain too much about uh stale content right like yeah uh i think you know and i saw this too even with like animal crossing like on nintendo switch right you you saw 
people that were complaining and complaining and complaining because they wanted updates to Animal Crossing. It's like, you should go back and fucking play GameCube Animal Crossing or whatever yeah. the original console was that it was on. There was no update. Yeah, no, you're playing basically the same <clears throat> game that you were too. You cap out eventually yeah. and then you would fucking put in a new memory card and start a new fucking city because the, there's no additional content, right? Like you just start all over again. Yeah, and it ends up <clears throat> it ends up being the same shit over and over again anyway. So this is the only way they can create new content. Like, let's be honest, Call of Duty, except for like engine changes and obviously like cosmetic updates, it's you're playing the same game that you were playing 10 years ago. It's the same concepts, like nothing has changed there. And yeah. to to like give the flip side back to those people, like we see, I've seen a lot in the esports community too, where people will complain about having to do microtransactions to get team skins or whatever it may be. But it's like, you also want those co the companies that make the games to support the esport more. So how else are they going to do that if they're not yeah. getting continual funding for the game? Like if you want EA to make, if you want EA to supply the prize pool for Apex Legends for when they do like ALGS they even pay for and the venue, lands, right? Yeah, for outside for, of sponsorships. Yeah, for everything that goes into it, like you can sponsorships can only do so much. Like these these organizations can only get so much money to run a tournament from sponsors. And unless they're supporting it, if they're supporting it by using the money from microtransactions to make things better. And that's where some games have done it a lot better. Um, I want to say it's Dota. I think it's Dota. Two. Dota 2, I think so. Um, where they do transactions of things and then that money goes to the prize, like the prize pool for mm. worlds. So they yeah. basically crowdfund the prize pool. And I think that's the, the way to do it for esports. And nobody else seems to catch on to that, um, even yeah. though it ends up being the most popular esport in the world pretty much every year for that reason. Yeah. But it's like you have to recognize that, like, if you're wanting this additional content, you have to realize all of the inputs that go that the company gets before they mm. start to make money off of it. And at the end of the day, that's my only point, right? Is like if you're if you're going to go online and complain about stale content, Ask yourself if you are helping to pay for additional funding for that game. And and if you aren't, I'm totally fine with that because I don't either. But you just need to be willing to accept that this developer is not collecting enough cash at all to continue to keep your content up to date. And like, I just think people have gotten a little too greedy with the demands of the developers. And like, like you mentioned earlier, you know, like uh, a game that releases in beta, it's because they're getting so much pressure from yep. the public to release a game that's not ready. Like you never had these massive online betas with a fucking cartridge game. I'm sure there was like a closed test group that would come in and play the game or whatever, but you're opening yourself up to criticism from thousands of people. And then what are you going to do? You have to pay the money to pay the developers to fix the fucking problems. Right. And yeah. like you have to, sometimes maybe those problems were so significant that you didn't budget for them or properly or whatever, you know, and then you got to fuck, we got to get this game out there. Otherwise we have no cash flow to do this. You know? So, I mean, there's just there's a flip side of the coin in this situation that I even for me, I need to like zoom the lens out a little bit and take a look at like what's actually going on behind the scenes before I, I get too critical, because I'm usually not that critical about stale content. I would say I don't think um, yeah, I don't but think I fucking hate my microtransactions with a heated passion. So I just I have to take a step back. I'm also not going on the internet and bitching about the fact of stale content. So like exactly, but I want people to just to think about it, think critically about the fact that like these developers can't just infinitely fund your hobby uh, because at, at zero cost to the consumer. That, that's my point. Thinking critically would do a lot of benefit to a lot of people. So I think that's the overarching point here. It's just yeah. think a little bit before you say something and make sure you're, you're actually understanding everything that's going on before commenting on something. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's the point. Awesome.
If you didn't know this, hold on. Before you transition, I like to try to mention this early now. If you want to comment live with us and chat with us here, you can either do it in the YouTubes uh, or on Twitch, or you can do it in Discord. We're both in there right now. So just letting you guys know, if you don't want to comment on YouTube, there are other options, but feel free to interact and let us know what you're going through and doing and hanging out and blah, 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 blah. Okay, Jake, cut. Awesome. Um, so Kyle specifically requested a banger topic to start this off. And I don't Gotta know. If a banger I, topic. I don't know if I can bring that, but I, what I can tell you is I've been watching an absolute banger TV show recently. All right. And I've been re-watching Family Guy. Yeah. So yeah. Kyle, have you watched Family Guy? Yeah, repeatedly. Yeah. Perfect. Then you are going to actually be the perfect person for this. I'm sharing my screen. You should already know what we're doing. <laughs> we're ranking Family Guy characters. Oh, geez. Because I have some opinions, and I need to get them off my chest about some of these characters. But we're just going to run right into it. This is the type of content you should be on YouTube for specifically. If you're listening to us after the fact on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, which I think is actually not a thing anymore. So sorry for you users, Deezer, Stitcher, whatever you're watching it on. Come over to YouTube so you can see us rank these people live and not have to hear it after the fact. But we're going to run right into it. We're going to start off hot with the the patriarch of the entire family, Peter Griffin. P tier. Griffin, S tier. Yeah, he's one of the best characters in the show, hands yes. down. Easy, easily, easy peasy, lemon squeeze. Kind of a piece of shit, which I'll get to other Mayor characters West. that are bigger pieces of shit later. But next up, we got Mayor West. Mayor West is a B tier character, I guess, to me. He contributes I, to the story from time to time. It's usually okay content. I was gonna I'll say C, but I'll give you B for now. I wouldn't be hard pressed to move him down. I just then we're doing it. Boom. Got a win off the book right away. We have Peter's boss who sexually harassed him. Yeah. Um, there really isn't much good content from Peter's boss, in my opinion. I don't know if I would have to say trash, but I'd probably put it in D tier somewhere in there. Okay. That's fine for now. Next up, we have Stewie's arch nemesis. To be honest, his voice drives me fucking insane, and that is the only reason why I hate him. D tier. That's fine. I don't even really like those episodes. If we're being completely honest, they're uh, they were good the first time I watched them, and now if I rewatch them, I'm like next episode. Yeah. Next up, we got Bonnie. Bonnie's kind of fucking lame too. Damn. I think Bonnie's kind of a savage. I don't know. Bonnie's kind of fucking lame. I got her as a B tier character personally. Uh, okay. We'll take it. Yeah. Next up, I'm blanking on his name, but it's the dude with the mustache. I'm also blanking on his name. Stu? No. I gotta Google uh, Yeah, do it. Hit the Google machine. Figure out what it is. Um, <clears throat> Bruce. Bruce. Fucking Bruce. Bruce indeed. Bruce is a C-tier character as well, probably based on our current list. I would agree. He's above Mayor West. Uh, this is, I'm also blanking on his name, but this was Chris's boss for a minute um, at the gas station, grocery store. Was he his boss or his coworker? I, I think it was his boss. Uh, but he's trash. He, ad, he added nothing to the uh, entire series. Yeah. Next up, we have uh, Carter Peter Schmidt. Carter, yeah. Uh, he's A tier to me. Yep. Okay. Carter uh, is probably teetering on S tier. He's fucking hilarious. He is. 
He's such an asshole, which is why I appreciate yeah. him. Um, next up, we have Chris Griffin. Chris is an S-tier character. I knew we were going to disagree eventually. Chris is a really good character. Chris might be my least favorite Griffin in the show. No. The Chris episodes are just so dumb. But I'll give it yeah. to you. Yeah. No, you're probably right. He's still... I'd put him a, uh, maybe above Bonnie. He's certainly above Bonnie. But I don't we think can I can... leave him there for now. I don't think I can realistically go any higher. Because, like, I also hated what they did with him, where, like, early on in the show, he was kind of smart. He was artistic. And then, like, later on in the show, they were like, let's just make this the dumbest fucking human that ever existed. Yeah, and they progressively made Meg more intolerable, too. Yeah. The worst. Uh, next up, we have Cleveland's son. Whose name Cleveland's I... son is, in my opinion, a fucking trash character, too. Yeah. I don't think he really contributes anything to the show. The only reason he ever even made it into the show is because of the Cleveland show spinoff, and they had yep. to figure out how to continue to not waste their money on those characters and just push them all into Family Guy. Bingo. Thank you. Uh, next up, we, we have Cleveland. Cleveland's pretty fucking funny. I'd probably put Cleveland above Carter. I would agree. Cleveland is arguably a top three character in the show. Yeah. That's why they gave him a spinoff, if we're being honest. They tried. Didn't work out too good. Well, next up, we have Consuela. Consuela is dog shit to me, too. Yep. Trash. She has a couple of, like, random moments where she's funny and they throw her in there, but I also just, the jokes I, are not that good. I admittedly hate when they lean into, like, just the stereotypes too much. Like, I understand why they do it for comedic yeah. purposes, but, like, when you, when you over-lean into it and make the character a shitbag, like... You fucked up real hard there. Next up, we have Diane Tucker. Diane Tucker is, to be honest, like Tom Tucker barely gets into the above C tier of me. So Diane certainly Tucker. doesn't. No, it's Tom Tucker and Diane something else. But Diane Sawyer. I think that's a real person. Maybe I don't know. Anyways, top of D tier for me. Yeah, yeah. There were some good. There was a few okay storylines that they built around her, but. Um, next up is Cleveland's wife, Loretta. She's also trash. Yes. Thank you. She's the, the she's like one of the worst characters in the show for me. The Cleveland's like I said, the Cleveland spinoff stuff was garbage. Like bringing it into Family Guy didn't contribute back to Family Guy, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, next up, we have the doctor whose the name doctor is probably in the bottom of a tier or top of B tier right now for me. I would go top of B tier. I wouldn't go a tier right now. He's but so at, fucking funny. Yeah, it's. The, the episode where he is like the, you have AIDS. What? Oh, see, yeah. I told you it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's so funny. And he's an idiot, which is a lot like a few doctors I've had in my life. So we'll move yeah. on from there. Uh, next up, the chicken. I don't think you could create a more trash character than the chicken. Agreed. But better than Consuela? No. Those episodes are so funny fucking stupid i like the one where they made him a nice guy until peter tried to pick up the check and they got into yeah. a fight over that that one was funny they got but a little that, bit with him a couple times but the, the fact of the matter is like it was funny once and it's just like the peter grabbing his leg episodes ah so bad ah. like you get 25 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever each show total like runtime is and you and waste you eight of it five on minutes the of it fight. or eight minutes of it doing that shit i'm like dude what are we doing? Like, are you just that stale on content right now? Yeah. Throw back to our last topic. 
there's the answer. Uh, next up, we have Jesus. Um, to be honest, I can't think of very many episodes where I watched Jesus that are memorable. They're the one where he uh, Peter convinces Jesus to come back and he becomes a celebrity and then like gets addicted to drugs and gets arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Jesus episode is fucking hilarious. Interesting because I don't have a very strong memory of that. And I've rewatched the entire Family Guy series maybe three or four times. I would still put Bonnie ahead of him. but So right now I'd probably put him at the top yeah. of C. Yeah, that's fine. Next up, Herbert the Pervert. Herbert the pervert is a bottom of a tier character currently. Yeah, this is a, this is a time where they lean into the stereotype, and it, it makes and sense. It, it works. Yeah. Um, I'm bartender blanking. whose name escapes me. Garbage. Yeah. Bottom trash. of D maybe. I'll take it. Uh, next up is uh, why am I blank on everybody's names all of a sudden? Yeah. This is what happens when I do six I'm podcasts in two anyway, days. So. Something Woods. He's an actual actor. Yeah. Adam Woods? No. Uh, Peter Peter Woods? Jeff Woods? Doesn't matter. I'm the worst with names. He doesn't contribute that much in my opinion either. Um, probably top of D currently. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Next up, Jerome. I fucking Jerome love Jerome. Jerome is good. He has some good content. Above Bonnie? I would agree. B-T- Below Chris. Yeah. Now that I'm now that I'm actually thinking about it, like, yeah. This is uh, Brian's girlfriend for a lot of the early seasons whose name, again, I'm blanking on. James Woods. Thank you, Uncle Kyle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Somewhere in the trash. Yep. She was also just a shitty person. Next up, we got Joe. Joe. Joe is probably top of B tier currently. I would put him above Herbert, but I'm not going to give you too many arguments there. I like Herbert. Herbert's funny. Next up is Lois Griffin. Lois. To be honest, Lois can have some really dog shit episodes too. Yeah, but the good episodes of Lois are like the best episodes. Lois is probably above her dad and below Cleveland. I would agree. Okay. Same page there. Next up, this is maybe my hot take, but Meg Griffin. I swear to God, if you try to take her to the top A or some ridiculous upgrade like that, and if you're even thinking S tier based on the face that you're making right now, you are so wrong. No, I'm making that face just to fuck with you. They made uh, Meg a very intolerable character, and it made it so she's very unlikable. The only reason you could justify Meg being like in the top for your characters is that you just have sympathy for her because she's so fucked. But her I, content isn't even very good. Meg, through like season six-ish of the show, was probably my favorite character. And then ever since, I cannot stand her. So I want to put her at the top of C tier. That's fine. But I can't like no, if I if I was just doing early seasons of Family Guy, she would be an S tier for me. But because the show's been on for so long, it's just not it. Next up, is this Stu or Stu the Son? His name is not Stu. Neither of them are named Neil. Neil. Neil and I'm blanking on their other name, but it is Neil. I think Neil's the son, isn't he? Mort. Mort Goldman. Neil. Yeah. Mark Goldman is a good character. Top of B tier. I'd put him above Joe. Yeah. Uh, probably below Joe. Fine. Next up, ne- uh, Neil. I hate Neil. Neil's almost the worst character for me. I would put Loretta behind him, but that's that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, next up is Wally, the the uh, the news person, the uh, meteorologist. Who wants to rain? It's gonna uh, rain. It's raining sideways. Me. Yeah, I would agree. See here. Yeah. Uh, next up is greased up Larry. Does he or contribute no, anything to the no. show? This, this guy, is it's not this is Peter's this is Peter's coworker that comes in. I don't think he contributes anything to the show. I'd still put him above Neil. Actually, I'd put him above the fucking chicken and Cleveland Sun. Yeah, sure. This is. I don't actually remember who this is now. Um, was he also one of Peter's bosses? Maybe. He strikes me as a politician. I'm trying to remember now. Um, I cannot remember who the fuck that is. I don't know. I'm looking up a character list right now because I can't remember either. We can skip him and go to Quagmire. Quagmire is an S tier character. Yeah, easily. He's the best character in the show for me. One of them for sure. Yeah. I'll put him behind Peter just because you said one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I would almost agree with you probably that he's better than Peter. But Thank you. I'm taking that one. Next up is the monkey that lives in Chris's closet, but actually turns out to be a pretty good guy. Uh, Top of D tier. Yep. Uh, next up is the pirate. Top of C. He's probably my favorite ancillary character. That's like he not in a lot scenes, of scenes. Yeah. Next up. Stewie Griffin. Stewie Griffin is also an S tier character. Yes. Above or behind Peter? Uh, behind I would go Peter. Okay. I was going to say I would go above, but not going to. Tom argue. Tucker. I'm Tom, Tom Tucker. Tucker. Currently in our list is probably back end of B tier below Chris, maybe. maybe I would above agree. Above Chris. I would go above Chris, and I'd probably go above the Doctor, honestly. Yeah, but the and doctor. maybe above more. Yeah, probably there behind you. That's fair. This is the principal at the high school. Dang it, that's right. Principal Shepard. Yeah, you're right. Uh, top of D. Agreed. <clears throat> this is yeah. Trisha Mor- Trisha Morikawa. Trisha, dang. No, Takanawa. Trisha Takanawa. Dang it, we're so bad at this. Terrible. We are things. really bad at this. Uh, Trisha's. Kind of garbage. Yeah, she's a trash character. Somewhere In fact, there, yeah. I'm just fine where I dropped him there. Um, I'm going to skip. Uh, I don't remember this guy's name. This was, this was the dog that showed up on the, when they tried to kill Brian off and almost got yeah. the entire... Vinny. Vinny's his name. Yeah. Uh, below the... Above the monkey in D tier. Yeah. And then Brian Griffin. Brian has some of the most tolerable and some of the most intolerable episodes of them all. Yeah, he's it's it's so hot or cold with him. There's like no in between. He's still probably better than. I would put Lois. him above. I was going to say I would put him above Carter. I don't know if I'd put him above Lois, but in the same w- area there. Yeah, I will for the sake of argument. All right, there we go. But this is a pretty good list, I think. This is done. Well, I'm going to I'm going to copy this one right now before I forget. Logan, so the chicken shouldn't be higher. If you could justify me in any way, shape or form why those chicken episodes are good, maybe I'll reconsider. They're so bad. They're terrible. They're so garbage. There's like nothing... I said, the first one, if they would have done one and stopped, I would have been like, this is funny. You yeah. did it. A little drawn out, but it was funny. Logan says this list is garbage. Well, Logan, maybe hop on the podcast sometime and try to tell us why. We'll tell you why you're wrong. Logan, you're garbage. 
Anyways, Kyle, rate your first beer. Yeah, this first beer is, they're not fucking around when they say puckered up because it is very sour, um, which I do accept now. It is an acceptable thing for me. I've advanced in my life to that. That's pretty impressive Um, considering how anti-sour you were when I met you. I was, I definitely was. Um, Oh, 3.0. This one's not great. It's pretty average. You don't really get the key lime pie flavor at all. It's basically just sour with a hint of lime. Yeah, that sucks. I hate that. It's like, it's not that hard to give me some of that creaminess. Yeah, this is, it's literally just a lime beer. Uh, Uncle Kyle, yes, the bird is the word. If you're referring to those being the worst fucking episodes, you're correct. Yeah, those were so bad. God. Fight scenes and animation. Logan, I don't give a shit about fight scenes and animation when it comes to Family Guy. I'm not going to Family Guy to see fight scenes and animation. Well, Logan, it's probably a good thing that you leave right now I'm because talk otherwise, so much shit. We would keep ripping you a new one. Anyways, on to my beer. Thanks for joining us. This was absolutely delicious. I could have thirty-five of these. Hmm. Four point seven five. Mm, is one of the better beers I've ever had. Blood orange, yeah. I do love me a citrus, like I said. It was, ooh, it was the per. It was the perfect amount of sour, the perfect amount of sweet. It was creamy. Everything about it was a banger. But introduce your second beer while I figure out what my second beer is going to be. I just uh, read the description on this beer that I had, and it says that it was brewed to simulate mouthwatering graham cracker crust. There isn't even a slight hint of a graham cracker crust flavor in this beer. Bitch, where? This is, uh, they are so off on the description, but overall the beer is good. You wonder if you're like, if you, as a beer producer, or like, I want to make a key lime pie beer. And then you get the lime flavor and you're like, we did it. We fucking did it. Yeah, like that's probably how really a lot of them think. And then they just convince themselves that this tastes like a pie. You're wrong. You're wrong, Ricky Bobby. All right. My next one is from what brewery. Prairie Artisan Ales. Uh, probably out of California. I don't know. Anyway, it is the Island Squeeze Sour Ale with Papaya Strawberry. White peach, passion fruit, banana, and vanilla. Sounds pretty good. That does sound good. I'm going with another sour as well. I'm going with Chunk oh, Sunday Sour, which is with mango and marshmallow from Drecker Brewing again. Located like this can. Fargo, North Dakota. The wristbands <laughs> on the wrist, grabbing the can, island squeeze. Yeah, like you're at like an island bar or something. Yeah, it's creative. I like it. All right, Jake. I have another topic. Perfect. That's the point of the show. Uh, My second topic is probably going to be shorter, so sorry about it. But I have a couple things that I want to talk about, and this is also in the video game realm. Uh, But the thing is, my boys, my video gaming boys, a.k.a. Jake and Dane, have not been playing very many video games recently. And because of that, If I get the time to play video games, I have had to find single-player games to play. Because of that, I have played two of my most anticipated titles of the year recently, and I finished one, and I'm like halfway through the second. And so I'm going to talk about both those games and kind of give my initial thoughts slash final thoughts on one of them and uh, go from there. Uh, But the two games that I've played uh, recently are Hogwarts Legacy and Jedi Survivor. Uh, so I'm going to kind of give my thoughts. I played through and beat Hogwarts Legacy, which was a 
number one most anticipated the game of the year for me. And then number two uh, was Jedi Survivor, probably shortly behind that in terms of my anticipation level. So playing Hogwarts Legacy, I remember Carly was out of town. I launched the game. And my initial thought right off the bat was, aside from character customization, which is dog shit, um, they don't, it is not good. You can't create like an actually like well customized character. They're very limited options. Um, think cyberpunk esque where they didn't do a good job of like making it super, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a bad comparison because even cyberpunk got creative worse than cyberpunk. Uh, and so you, you don't have a ton of ability to do that. Um, but I launched the game and outside of that game starts roll screen. Amazing. It was like everything you've ever wanted from a Harry Potter game as a Harry Potter game in your life is Hogwarts legacy. They did a fantastic job of developing that game to bring you into the world of Harry Potter as an open world individual character. Um, Also sorting garbage. They just, it's like four questions they ask you and they sort you stupid. You could connect it to port key and use your actual house and wand and everything like that. I don't like that either. Yeah. Don't be lazy with your development and just steal off of that. Warner Brothers do better uh, from a character development standpoint at the beginning. So this is like your first 10 minutes of the game. Make that part better, Uh, which is like one of my main criticisms, I guess, of the game as a whole. So the story was really good. And I will say this. And so sorry, I'll throw the spoiler out here just in general. I'm not really going to spoil individual content, but the storyline is very well. And they do a good job of like Easter egging other uh, regular Harry Potter content into the game and bringing you back into that, which is really great. Um, so you get to experience some of that and like some hints of different things from the past and, or I guess technically the future. Uh, so really good stuff there from a story uh, content standpoint. However, and this is the problem with a lot of open world games that they try to way develop a shitload of content for. Yep. Very fucking repetitive. And I'm the kind of person that likes to play these games and do everything that the game offers, right? I want to play through all the content. Outside the main storyline and a couple of story or sideline quests that run for the duration of the game, pretty much the side stuff that you do is trash. Yeah, it's very pointless in a lot of ways. Too. The Merlin trials, my God, there are hundreds of them and they are all copy and paste content of each other. It is all the same and it is brutal to play through. Um, but if you're a completionist or like a trophy person on PlayStation, you have to do it. And it is terrible. It is so bad. Don't play the story, play the m- main side quests and then stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, but because then you're going to get all of what you want out of the game. You're going to play through the world. And I know Jake has dabbled too. I don't think you've beat it yet. No, I'm probably like 45, 50% of the way through. You can kind of give your thoughts before I move on to that. I agree with you with the repetitive nature of the game. There's a lot of stuff. It's like, didn't I just do this five minutes ago? Like, why am I doing the same thing over again? When you're actually like in like can devote the time to it, though, to kind of grind it for long sessions. I think it's it's okay because you can kind of space it out, whether you want to do like main storyline or side quests or anything like that. And there's some really cool side quests, too. There's like there's There's are there are things that are pretty unique about it and that are really cool. Yeah. And I like some of the like puzzly stuff that they throw into the game too. Um, I like things that make me think a little bit because uh, yeah. most of the games that I play are point click shoot 
kind of games. Yeah. So when I have to put in some brain power every once in a while, I, I, I don't hate it. Um, but I would say, you know, I would say it lived up to the hype, which is something I was fully prepared for it to fall short of the hype that it had. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that so far for me anyway, I think it's fully lived up to the hype, which is something that I really, really love to give games credit for because there's so many games that I would say probably 98% of video games released fall short of the hype that they had. I'll be very curious to hear what you think when it gets to the uh, late stage game. Let's see if you still think that way because for the first, I don't know, five hours of that game, I was like, this is the bee's fucking knees. Other than character creation, I'm a I'm a big Harry Potter nerd. Always have yeah. been. And I get immersed into the universe. I fucking almost probably cried when I walked into Universal Harry Potter World for the first time. Right? Like I love the, yeah. the universe of Harry Potter. And uh I absolutely adored the fucking game and the way that they pulled you into that. Because games of the past, right? When you were playing, especially the Lego dog shit game, I fucking yeah hate those games but i loved lego star wars when i was like 11 i fucking yeah that, that is meant for a very young audience yeah. but the actual harry potter games that were made after the movies are so bad yeah i i forget which one it was terrible but i had it on playstation 2 and i probably played through it like 10 times just because i loved harry potter so much but i was like this is this is not a good game they're terrible just fucking yeah. garbage fucking garbage and so anyway, my point is great, great job of bringing people into the world as a player. If you're a Harry Potter person or even a little bit of a Harry Potter person, even a fantasy game player that doesn't care about Harry Potter, you'd probably enjoy the game. So that's, that's my review on that. For the most that's part. one thing that I really do like is you don't have to know about Harry Potter to really enjoy that game. Yeah, if you know about it, it makes it that much cooler. It's a lot more but, immersive. I think if yeah. you, if you do. But. Yeah. But it's like, you can still enjoy it. Like you could not have read the Skyrim books and like still really enjoy Skyrim. And that's why Skyrim is such a successful game and has been for so long. I think Harry Potter can be the same way where it's like, you really don't, it helps, but it's, it's not like if you don't know anything about Harry Potter going into the game, you can still really enjoy the game. It's like a solid six and a half out of 10. Probably for me, the game. I'll give I'd it be probably... close to putting it at a seven. If it weren't for the like horrifically repetitive content. Yeah. But I have to seriously dock them for that because as an open world game, that is, sh that shit is garbage. If yeah. you're going to make a game like that, make it so you do like that type of thing like 10, 15 times. Don't put fucking 150 of them in the game. I yeah. do not need that. I do agree there. I would give it like a 7.5 from where I'm currently at right now. Um, but I'm a little bit less of a critic uh, than you in a lot of ways just because you are so into it. And you've played a lot more of those open world games than I have. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of them. Um, and they're all repetitive. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Yeah, um, Detman, you make a really strong point. I'm so I'm probably looking forward to the NCAA football game more than I've looked forward to a Madden in probably like six or seven years. I've never understood. It took me until my adult life to understand football, and not like from a like understand just like I don't know what they're doing, but to truly understand what's happening in football and the rules and shit like that. That was in my adult life, and so. I never got into games as a kid, which meant that I never really got into them as an adult. So I don't have a lot to speak on there. Uh, I'm going to move on because I don't have a ton of time and I'm going to talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I have not beat this game. I'm maybe halfway through-ish. It is maybe the best game of the year. Interesting. I haven't it played it at all. So good. 
the story is amazing. It is immersive. It pulls you in. This is another one where if you're into the Star Wars universe, uh, you're following the story of Cal Kestin, which I would have maybe have appreciated a little bit of character customization. I think if you're allowed to create your own character and pull yourself into the world, it brings you more into the game. That's just me. But it is a it is a phenomenal game. Uh, the gameplay is amazing. They recommend you play on controller, even if you're playing on PC. So I have done that, and they are completely right. It is optimized for controller, and it is way better on a controller than it yeah. is keyboard and mouse. So I, I would recommend that as well if you're going to do it as a PC player. Uh, that being said, story is great. Gameplay is great. The content's not overly repetitive at all so far. Like, truly at all. Everything is different. Um, some of the like ways you need to get to certain areas, like hidden areas and stuff like that, is a little bit repetitive. But even then, they try to shake up the differences of it and make it uh, different enough that it's it's you know not recycled content per se. Right. And the game is very, very fucking hard. I put it at max difficulty because why wouldn't you? Yeah. And it is hard. And I got so frustrated at first because it was so difficult. But at the same time, it's like. I would catch myself getting mad, right? Because I'd get like shot by a stormtrooper or whatever, you know, and I would die like in basically one shot. And I'm like, fuck that, this is bullshit. And then I'm like, but really, if you got shot by a stormtrooper and they actually hit you, you would mm. probably die. So I yeah. can respect that too. And so it's a very, very challenging game. It takes a while to get used to the combat. Um, and at the same time, the storyline's really good. And I've branched out on some of the like additional content and additional storyline part, like side quest type stuff. And that's right. also pretty dang good. Um, they didn't shy away from developing like every character in the game and you can continue to interact with characters outside of the main quest. And they they have that additional content of interaction to like right. multiple layers of like social interaction depth at, uh, at almost all of the like even legitimately named characters. If it's just like, um pioneer number one, the, the content's not going to go very deep. But as right. long as the character has a name, it is you have levels of, of uh, discovery you can get to with each character, which is really great. So um, I can kind of stop there because I'm out of time. But the, the bluff is uh, sorry. The the bottom line is that uh, Jedi Survivor is something that you should probably take the time to play Love if it. you're into fantasy type stuff. I'll give it a shot eventually, but it's really I mostly I mostly just play Apex anymore. It's kind of where I'm at in my life. Um, yeah. But moving on to my final topic for the evening, Kyle. I was thinking about this recently. You know the saying, like, pizza's like sex? Even sure, when it's good, it, a lot of things. when it's good, it's great. But when it's not good, it's still pretty great. Yeah. What are... We'll start with five. We'll see what we're doing on time. What are five things that are amazing when they're good, but are actually very, very bad when they are bad? Uh, uh Okay. Oh, okay. Go first because I'm going to have to take some time to think about this. Going to the gym. When you okay. go to the gym and you have a good workout, I don't know if there's a better feeling in the world than like the euphoria when you leave the gym after a really good workout. But when you go to the gym, you have a shit workout, you feel like shit, you're sore, nothing about it works out for you. I can't think of it a thought. I can think of a million other things that I would rather do with an hour and a half of my time than do that shit. Yeah, it's amongst the work like a bad workout to me is it like I, I would just rather have not worked out. I would have rather stayed home and done 20 minutes of mobility work and like just stretched, done some yoga. 
Like, I'd rather do any of that than a bad fucking gym session. A bad fucking gym session makes me want to cut my leg off. Uncle Kyle said jobs. That's a good one. That is I a would really say good that one. too, but I also just like don't think anybody should like really say a job is that great. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, I think I just had one at the tip of my tongue. Tip of the tongue. Tip of the tongue. Um, shit. What was I just gonna say? I had one. It was there. It's gonna come back. It better. It will. I think. Oh, uh, okay. Certain um, mine's food related, right? So like if I think about it, like if like chicken specifically right now, for whatever reason, yeah. in my adult life, I used to be able to eat probably any quality of chicken, whatever, when I was a kid, like it never really bothered me. But now if if I try to cook chicken, it's almost always bad. Hmm. And if it's even a little bit bad, it's like I, I won't eat it bad. Yeah, I've definitely Unless gotten a that. Chick, piece of chicken is like perfectly tender and cooked. It is garbage to me, like so gross to the point where I like gag a little bit. I fucking hate chicken now. Here's, and the same thing could be applied to a lot of different types of protein. I think if, if you there are so many protein based foods where if you do not know how to cook them properly, they just go from like amazing to absolute complete utter dog shit. Very yeah, quickly. that's fair. Uh, pro tip on chicken. Don't actually cook it to 165. Cook it to one like 58 and then let it rest for 10 minutes and it'll keep cooking because of the heat that's residual on it. And it'll get to the perfect temperature and it won't try out and be shitty. I fucking hate chicken right now. Life pro tip. Um, next up for me is roommates. Yeah, that's a good one. I've had the times that I've spent with people that I I truly enjoyed being a roommate with them. It's some of the best experiences that I've had in life. Yeah. But I've also had the worst roommates that you can imagine. To like to the point we broke our lease because we were like we're not fucking doing this anymore, yeah. and I can't think of a worse situation than just absolutely fucking hating the people that you live with. That might be my number it one. It's pretty overall. brutal because it gets so fucking awkward too. Where yeah, like you, you just, like you get so mad at each other you don't even want to speak to each other anymore, but you live in the same fucking closed space. Yeah, you're twenty feet from each other at all times. I had potentially the best roommate I ever had, and. I because I was so broke in college, he wasn't. My buddy was very wealthy and his parents paid for his rent and all this shit. And so he could have lived wherever. But when he, we were talking about how we wanted to live together, I had to go to like a cheaper option because I was broke. And so we end up living in a cheap apartment. Well, we got a three bedroom apartment for two people. Nice. And of course, in our infinite wisdom, we were like, dude, well, really, it was probably me more than anything. I was like, let's put a third person in here and just not tell them. And they can split rent with us and we'll save money. And we're like, okay, cool. Who would do that? And I was like, oh, I got this buddy. He's looking for a place. And my, my other roommate knew him too. And it turned out that he was absolutely the worst fucking roommate on the planet. Yeah. Like wouldn't clean up after himself. Fucking would scream and party at like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning when both of us had real jobs that we had to go to in the morning. Love that. Like all, all of the worst qualities of a roommate and, Shout out to him if he ever listens to this podcast because now, and I won't call him out by name, but he'll know if he ever listens to this. He has like truly turned his life around and like gotten his shit together. As far as I understand, he's like doing really well for himself. So like completely props to him for doing that. But as a college roommate, it was the absolute fucking worst to do. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hundred percent with you there. Roommates are definitely on that list. This one is going to be a little more niche and it's very specific to me. So a lot of people may not get this one, but playing golf. Okay. When I have a good round of golf, 
I I'm still riding the high a little bit from probably the best round I've played in 10 years, which I played in on like Mo Memorial Day. Okay. But last weekend might have been the worst round of golf I've played in 15 years. And I want to quit the sport for a minute. I was okay. like, like, it's just when I played that badly, because I know I'm not a great golfer, but like, if you look at it, like I'm, I play off of like a seven handicap, which in golf terms is like top, realistically, like top 2% of golfers in the world. I am him. But when <laughs> I play like shit, I want to snap every club that I have. I want to take every ball that I have and just fucking blow them up with dynamite. I don't want to consider that like playing the sport of golf ever again. I'm going to play the next day. I'm not going to not play golf, but that's how bad it can be when it's that bad for me. Hmm. I just, I, I can, I've controlled my temper in probably every sport that I've ever played, but I, when it comes to golf, I'm good for one club throw around minimum. I'm shotgunning a beer around minimum just out of pure angst. It just becomes a shit show. I'm the type but. of person who plays golf for the beer, so I can't relate. I am a terrible golfer. I will probably never put the effort in to be a good golfer. About 66% of the time, I can hit the ball. And so... Pretty good. It's good enough for me. Like, I can go out there, and I will eventually put that ball into the hole, and that's good enough. I'll have mm. some drinks. I'll have a good time. Keep it casual. Keep it light. And then I'll go home. Uh, I don't need... Uh, too much out of my golfing experiences. But I will say this, one of these that might fit this category is in general, when you go out as an adult. Yes. Like you'll go to, and this might be like same concept for like concerts, maybe even concerts probably fit in this category. Or like you go and your expectations get high. You're like, shit, I'm fucking 30 years old. I'm hitting the bars. I'm going to have fun. I'm going out. And then you go out and sometimes it's like, how you know, you throw back to your like 20 year old days, which I'm still in my 20s. So I can't like speak on this too much, but I'm about to turn 30. So I'm like teetering on the edge here. Um, it's like a throwback to your younger days. And then the other times you go out and like, you're like, holy fuck, I feel so old. The drinks aren't hitting. I already kind of feel sick. My tummy aches a little bit. I'm fucking tired. I hate this music. Um, uh, and that's like clubby type shit. But then sometimes it's it like same thing with a concert, right? Like you go and you love the music, you get amped up for the artist, you're so ready for it, and you go and they just put on like a dog shit show. And so like yep. that can be like terrible too. So I, I would put both of those in the same kind of category. I had that experience this past weekend where going out was awesome until it wasn't. It was yeah. like we went golfing, it was that shitty round day. So we went to the bar afterwards, then we went to another bar. And I hit a point, I hit a wall at like 7.30 where it wasn't even like drunk anymore, but it's like, I've been awake. I woke up at 6 a.m. for this round of golf. I've been out in the sun for 12 hours now because we were at the outside at the bars that we were at. And I just hit a wall where I was like, I'm just, I need to go to fucking bed. And I was just like, see you guys, I'm going home. And yeah. it was like, everybody's like, and then I see him at softball the next day. And they're like, we were fucking out till 3 a.m. And I was like, I, no. This that would have been I would have died. Yeah, I would not be living currently if I tried to do that because I got home and I think I was asleep within five minutes of walking into my house. I like took my contacts yeah. out, took my medicine and my vitamins changed and laid in the bed and was immediately asleep. 
I'm kind of like that no matter what. I'm like a I'm a very good sleeper. If I hit the hit the pillow, I'm probably gonna pass out. Yeah, there was I I just hit a point where I was like I can't fucking do this anymore. That's another thing, aging. When you're aging gracefully, it's cool. When you hit when you have those moments where like you feel young again as you're a little bit older than you once were, you're like I'm fucking back, boys. But then you like wake up and your back hurts. You're tired. You can't breathe because you have allergies yep. now. You ain't You're wrong. like, this fucking sucks. And then you have to work, pay your bills. Yeah. Like being an adult is awesome until your bills are due and you have a stressful yep. day at work and you have to yep. just, you have to come home and clean and do other shit. It's Episodes tough, of two average husbands. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, we have one of those ones that just does not hit. Yeah. Or we're both and like we got some fantastic ones. Really we got some ones. bangers. Check out the catalog, people. Bow, bow, bow. Banger. All right. We have to do one more. One more thing? Yep. I don't think I have any more. I do. I'd be Miller Miller Light. Oh yeah, you've talked about this before. When when Miller Light is at a perfect temperature. <laughs> I did not expect that from Uncle Kyle, but I'll let what, you What the uh, the mouth tape or the eye mask? Either. I've considered doing mouth taping and getting an eye mask. Carly has done the mouth tape, I think. Um, it's probably good for you. I don't fucking know. I've never done it. I probably won't ever do it. I think it's kind of a little strange, but I would not expect Uncle Kyle to be the type of person that have a, like, a bedtime ritual where like, I'm going to go shower, wash my face, put my face oh, yeah. mask on the head, get the mouth tape on. Put a little lotion under anti-wrinkle cream under the eyeballs, mask on, go to bed. That is not what I would expect. I have thought about that. Thought about starting a caffeine serum under my eyes, get rid of these these bags and these circles. Bags Um, under the eyes, crow's feet, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Miller Lite, uh, the perfect temperature Miller Lite might be the best beer on the planet, but any other time, and when it's not that temperature, it's like drinking fucking shit water. I hate it. So I I just don't drink Miller Lite at this point in my life. Just because I don't know what it's going to be when I drink it. And I don't enjoy it. better not be drinking Bud Light. Brother, I'll drink all the Bud Light on the goddamn planet. I don't Uh, care. So I have a neighbor right now. Uh, He asked us to take care of his pool because it's very fucking hot here right now. And he's out of town. And he's like, hey, the pool is going to run low on water. Would you do me a favor and please throw some water in the pool every once in a while, right? Sure. No problem. Happy to help. He's also a anti-Bud Light person, which says enough. So I decided that I'm going to go buy a case of Bud Light and I'm going to take nice. every beer out of his house and replace it with Bud Light. And then Carly came up with the idea, which is pretty good. Um, she's like, we should go Easter egg their house basically with Bud Lights. Just hide and just Bud Lights, Bud Lights all over it. the house. So they're constantly just finding more Bud Lights. I love that. And I do too. So we're probably going to do that. Uh, um, I will probably go do that at some point in time. Nice. It'll be a great time. So Can I you think of one more? I don't have anything. We're out of time anyway. Perfect. Perfect timing. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Jake, rate your beer. I'll rate my beer, and then we'll close out. This one wasn't as good as the first one. It was still good. I'll give it like a 3.25. This one's a little better than the last one. You can actually pick out the individual flavors of the fruits. 3.0. Is that what I said for the last one? Or did I say 2.0? Yeah, you said 3.0. If I said 3.0, this is a 3.25 then. Perfect. Twisted tea. Detman, I had my first Twisted Tea like two weeks ago, and I kind of fuck with it. Swiss tea's good. Summer Shandy's bullshit. Yeah, not a Summer Shandy. Summer Shandy was one of the first trendy beers that came out, right? Like one of the, I feel like that's a fair statement. 
Like yeah, it was one of the agreed. ones that came out that was like initially like all of the marketing hype, blah, 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 blah. And so I probably drank 5,000 of those that first summer. Same. And I'll never have another one again in my life. Yeah, I'm good on it. I'll, I'll drink, drink other shandies. Yep. Yeah, I will drink other shandies. I won't yep. drink Line and Kugel's summer shandy. Same. Completely same. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Two Average Husbands. He's Jake. I'm Kyle. You can find him on Twitter at Perry underscore FF. I am not on the social medias anymore, but you can find the Two Average Husbands account on Twitter at number two ABG Husbands, on Instagram at number two ABG Husbands. Jake, we got to start a threads. We didn't even talk about that. That'll be on the next yeah. episode. I'm bringing it yep. up. It's my topic called Dibs. We're going to talk about threads. Fuck. No, I go first. I can, I'm going to just and say then, it. And uh, you can't call it. At, on YouTube, Two Average Husbands. Hit the like button and the bell to get those notifications to see that we're getting out some new content. We're always live every episode. So if you want to join us live and comment live, do that on YouTube, Twitch, or join us in the Discord. If you don't know how to find those things, but you're somehow listening to this podcast right now, then you have access to our link tree through any of the mediums that we uh, project to. So go to the link tree uh, and then find us on social media, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. Uh, podcast listening is not as good as watching, but if you want to listen, we're all over the place there too. And I think that's all I've got to say. I might've missed something. I don't fucking know. Jake finishes up. Nah, you covered all of it. If you want to see us drink something, let us know what you want to see us drink. We will go out of our way to get it as long as it is Try. available in our areas. Yeah. If you want us to talk about a specific topic, let us know. We will shoot the shit about it and make sure we have a good we'll conversation for y'all. This has been another episode of Two Average Husbands. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you in next week's episode. And as always, don't forget to tell somebody that you love them. Peace.